Hello, and welcome to the Quest Church San Diego Sermon Podcast. Our church has a passion to reach people who are far from God, teach them to follow Jesus, and launch them out to serve God in the world. If you're in the San Diego area, we'd love for you to join us for a service. Please visit questsd.com to learn more about us, find out service times, and explore our ministries. If you have any questions, send us an email at info at questsd.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Well, we're going to be moving around to a couple places in the, in the Word today. Uh, we're going to look at a little bit of the, uh, the foretelling of the Christmas story and some of the prophecies that were uh, predicted about the, the birth of Jesus and his entire life, actually. But um, we're, we're going to make sure you guys don't miss out on some of the gifts that are available to you this Christmas season. And we have a free gift for you today. It's not at the bookstore. It's, it's in the Word of God, and it's the gift of joy. We don't want you guys to miss out on the joy of the season. Sorry about the red and green writing. It will get better, I promise. But uh, we got a few fun slides here to look at. But that's my Christmas uh, uh, effort to brighten things up. Uh, the joy of this season should not be lost in the busyness and the craziness that can sometimes overwhelm it. Uh, in John 15, 11, uh, Jesus said this. He said, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. He came to give us joy. Joy is uh, his intention for us to be part of our lives. Your joy may be full. You put those words together, what do you get? Joyful. You got it. See, this is audience participation at its best. I love it. So... Uh, a lot of songs of joy this time of year. I think we probably touched on one or two already. There's, there's, you hear them all around. You hear them in the workplace this time of year. You hear them in the stores. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee. Joy to the world, right? Tidings of comfort and joy. So don't miss out. There is an abundance of joy waiting for you in uh, Jesus as, as your Lord and Savior. And this is the time of year to get right with him and to receive the free gifts that he has for you. Enjoy is one of the, the wonderful things that he has for you. Um, and it's regardless of our circumstances. This isn't just a giddy, happy feeling. It's a deep, rich joy that overcomes all of our circumstances and, and looks beyond the, the, the difficulties and the struggles and the pain of life. And, and even at Christmas, we know it can be difficult sometimes. We have family that we may not have seen for a while that can be tense. We have lots of work to do in preparation. I'm going to get your heart rates up if I keep talking like this, but, uh, you know, there's shopping and gifts, and if you go to my house, you'll see all the circuits I blew with the lights I'm putting up, and, uh, you know, it's a bit of work to use that much electricity, but it's, it's, it's you know, it, it glorifies the Lord, I think. It's just a celebration of his birth and it's a great time of year. So don't miss out on the joy of it. And I'm going to show you a guy you might recognize who I think missed out on a lot of the joy of this season. Now, do you recognize my uncle here? This is a famous story that my uncle Ebenezer here was a part of. He doesn't look too happy in this picture. Sorry to have this scary guy looking at you at church this morning, but uh, it's going to remind us that we, we don't want to look that way this year. We want to have joy in our hearts. And, and you know, unfortunately for him, this is a man uh, who, who had struggles and had pain, and 
without the joy of the Lord with him throughout his life, he was consumed by it. And, you know, I, I love this story. It's uh, A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, and, and it's uh, about a man who's given an opportunity to examine his life, to look back on his life, Christmas past, Christmas present, Christmas future. And he's able to take a look. And he lived a life full of bitterness. And he was lacking in charity. He was lacking in companionship and company. He was alone and isolated and bitter. And he eventually comes to see that and regret that. So he also sees the eternal consequences of a life without God and without the joy and without so many of the gifts God has for us. And he's fearful and he is sorrowful. And at the end, he is repentant. And that's a good word for today, repentant. And he acknowledges his life, his sin, his, his missing out, his regrets, um, as far as living life his own way and apart from the Lord and, and the joy that God has for him. So he's transformed with that repentance. It leads to a transformation in his life, and you know the story. The joy fills his life. He's a, he's a new man. He's a new creation is what God says we have access to. And you know, this story is such a, a, plan, a story of redemption, and I, I love it. And it's, it's the same story that God has for all of us. And I just want us to receive the gifts that this man so desperately needs and, and eventually found. So Jesus came to give us joy. And he also came to give us an abundant life. He says in his word in John 10.10, 10, he says... The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. And this is the enemy, the enemy of our souls, if we're walking without the Lord. This is what this man had, was a thief to rob and steal him of his joy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. An abundant life filled with riches and perfect health and perfect families and perfect Christmas No, a different sort of abundance, a deeper, richer, fuller abundance are the gifts that God has for us. He has that joy that goes beyond our circumstances. And this man was robbed of that by his own selfishness, by the enemy that's out there trying to destroy the work of God, and he was consumed by it. And it was because he was living life backwards. He was living life from the outside in, he was allowing circumstances, possessions, people, power, position, whatever is worshipped by uh, our flesh and by the enemy to, to deceive us and keep us from God, those things coming in affected his outlook and his values. And that's what his faith was in, was in the outward. And that's backwards from what God has planned for us. God has planned that we live from the inside out and that our faith impacts our circumstances and the people around us. It's from within, from the work God does within, that transformation that can impact our circumstances, our view, our outlook on life, 
and the problems and the trials, the good and the bad. It is that faith within us that impacts the people around us and our circumstances and not the other way around. That's not what defines us is circumstances and people, but God defines us. So God created us for a life of purpose and a plan and to help us. We're not alone. He does not abandon us with, okay, you're born, you live, you go your way, and I'll see you at the end of all this. He's right there with us. He wants to partner with us every step of the way, the beginning and the middle and the end of our lives. He wants to be in every part of it, not to let the enemy destroy us or our flesh to rule us. He wants us to walk in the Spirit by faith and have an abundant life, not just for now, but forever. Eternal life, an eternal abundance of joy and so many other gifts forever is what he desires for us. So let's not miss out on these gifts. And if you have any doubt about his thoughts about us and how important we are to him, I want you to hear this this Christmas because this is what he thinks of you from Psalm 139. And the passage up there starts in verse 13. He says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. He knew us before we were born. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. He created us, unique, special. And that my soul knows very well. And we all realize this deep inside. We all long for that connection with God, our creator. We all know we're not here by chance. We all know there's purpose and meaning and a plan. He says, my frame, I'm going to go on to read the whole psalm. In verse 15, he says, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written, the days fashioned for me. Nothing surprises God about our lives. He has a plan and he has purpose. And he promises that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose and plan. If you answer his call, if you have him in your heart, you can count on that plan and his purpose working day by day. And he goes on to say, Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book, sorry, they all were written, the days fashioned for me. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If you ever feel alone and God's not listening and you just can't connect, know that he doesn't stop thinking about you. And you are his special creation. And this Christmas, know that you are special to God. And he has a joy for you. And he finishes with, how great is the sum of them? How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. Try counting all the sand in the world, I guess, even on one beach. That's how much God thinks about you and me and how special we are to him. When I awake, I'm still with you, and it doesn't end. Each day, he's there. His mercies are new every morning, and we have an abundant, eternal life waiting for us, and abundance each day with him. Our significance and our identity are found in him, and our future is secure with him. 
not the world, not our circumstances, not our power and possessions and things or the people. Our identity is from God. Who we are, who he created us to be is from him. And we don't let the world define us. We don't live outside in. We live inside out. My faith is my identity, what he says about me. And my future is secure. If there's any concerns about security in this life, know that you have eternal security with the Lord. And nothing can separate you from him if he is in your heart. So God's gifts this Christmas, joy, abundant life, value, purpose, meaning. Also, he has peace for us, which is another fruit of the Spirit. I think of the song, A Silent Night, and what a peaceful song that is. And how even in our strife and even in our contentions, our difficulties in life that sometimes even this season brings, he is there to give us peace through the circumstances. It's not he's going to take away all the unpeaceful circumstances. He's going to give us peace within those circumstances. Amen? He will give us the strength, the joy, in spite of what's going on around us. It's richer. It's deeper. Uh, I want to... Look at his greatest gift of all. And this is what uh, Uncle Ebenezer needed. He needed to be more like this guy. Some of you might recognize him. Another Christmas character. Starts with a G, ends with a wrench. Wrench, right? You got that one too? That's good. You'll notice he has a little sparkle in his eye. And he's beaming with joy. And I looked close and that's like a Bethlehem star that he has in there. And... Uh, I think he received a gift of faith because his whole life was transformed. Just like Mr. Scrooge there, he had a transformation. And God's greatest gift is his love for us. And you've all heard John 3.16 before. You've heard it said that for God so loved the world that he gave God and giving I'm sorry, love and giving. God so loved the world that he gave. That's what Christmas is. God loved the world and he gave us the gift of his son. Just as we give gifts, we can give the gift of God's love and love for one another. The greatest commandments. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, abundant life forever. And he goes on, the second line in that, we don't often read, it says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world. Again, the song is joy to the world, not condemnation to the world, the Lord has come. It's not that. It's good news. It's salvation. It's redemption. And yes, there is eternal consequences, as Mr. Scrooge saw in his story, that his end was not going to be well unless he repented and turned and was transformed. But... God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. It's his rescue plan for us. He wants to save us from our sin, from our selfishness and our foolishness and the enemy that's trying to destroy us. So this Christmas, we all have an opportunity to be renewed. A new you for Christmas is something that he would like to give. And if you know the Lord... We can be renewed day by day through greater faith with him. And if we don't know him, this is an opportunity to accept him as your Lord and Savior, to ask him into your heart, to be a new creation. The Bible says that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, just like this guy, transformed, 
different, brand new. Both of these stories are about transformation and renewal. And it says, the old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. A newness of life is an opportunity for all of us. And if we've been walking with the Lord, even if things get a little stale and a little difficult, we know that renewal is available each day through faith, through transforming joy, through the, the promise of abundant life, through his love and, and the other fruits of the Spirit. But we don't want to leave gifts unopened under the tree. So this gift, this free gift of God by faith, he says in Romans, he says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus of our Lord. It's a gift. It's a free gift. You don't have to do anything to earn it. You just need to receive it and accept it. And he says in Ephesians, he says, For grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. There's nothing you can do to earn God's favor and abundant life and eternal life. Just receive. Receive that gift this Christmas. Receive the gift of joy, abundant life, and be transformed. Be this guy. I want to go on, but I want to pray first. We have, we have more to talk about as far as the prophecies of Christmas. But this opportunity shouldn't be missed for us all to pray and to ask for a measure of that gift this Christmas. So would you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, you promised us to renew us if we reach out to you and ask for it. So, Lord, this day, we all ask for a measure of that renewal. And if, Lord, we don't know you, may we be transformed this day into new creations that simply confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord and we will be saved. Help us all to take that step of faith. Help us all to receive you. And, Lord, we want to pray that right now, that everyone here, everyone listening, would ask you into their hearts. And this Christmas could be a renewal. It could be a new birth for all of us, just as you came and you were born. We could be born again this day. Jesus, we're so thankful that you came. We're so thankful that you will come into our hearts and renew us. And we ask for that by faith. Amen. Amen. Well, Lord... We're thankful for your, your word, and I just want to walk through a little bit in Matthew, the book of Matthew. It does a great job of talking about the Christmas story, and it's God's rescue plan, his story, history, and it was proclaimed thousands of years ago before the birth of Jesus because he came to save the world, Right? Not to condemn the world. He came to save us. And his birth and his life and his death and his resurrection, it was all foretold hundreds of years ago. And I think of this as, as like the story of the Christmas carol, Christmas past, present, and future. Jesus was prophesied hundreds of years ago. His, his life, his birth, his, his death, it was all there in God's word. And it all came true. And it is amazing and miraculous that he fulfilled hundreds of predictions about him in detail. And also, not only the past, Christmas past, I've titled that, the prophecies about him, but also Christmas present, now, his birth, and then Christmas future, 
his coming again to bring us home. So there's really three ways to look at the life of Jesus. The prophecies about him, his coming to earth to save us, and then his return to bring us home forever and to renew this world. So Christmas past, the prophecies regarding Jesus. Uh, in Luke 1:31, we have up here, it says, uh, some of these are familiar prophecies. We hear them in songs throughout the season. He says, you will conceive in your room. This is the angel speaking to Mary. He says, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. So this prophecy, not only about who Jesus is, but, but his, his entitlement, his uh, heir to the throne of, of what the Jewish people would understand in these prophecies about King David. And, and in Matthew, it goes all through the lineage of Jesus, and it talks about you know, the son of this and, 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 and the whole genealogy. And I, I should, uh, I don't have that whole text in front of me, but I have portions of it. But um, it's important to, to look, if you want to follow along in Matthew 1, he goes into um, the whole line of Jesus, tracing back to King David, to Abraham, how he is the Messiah predicted. He is entitled to, to be the successor to the throne, not only of, of, of this world, but of forever. The king, the coming king, is being prophesied. So that's where he talks about this throne of David, his father. That meant a lot to the Jewish people to see this genealogy, to see that he was in the line of David, to see that he was a, a son of Abraham. And, and they would appreciate how, how he was fulfilling those important prophecies to them. And God, uh, God fulfills his promises. Uh, there's prophecies about uh, his birth in Bethlehem. There's prophecies about him being born of a virgin. There are many, many. Uh, but these specifically in Matthew talk about his lineage and his messiahship. Uh, I have another familiar passage over in Isaiah. If you're following along, I just stick with Matthew for a while. I'm going to walk through some of these familiar prophecies. So uh, this next one is, is a familiar uh, Christmas song. For unto us a child is born. This Christmas prophecy is from Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus' birth. Think about 700 years. My goodness, this nation goes back 200, 250 years. 700 years before his birth. This was written, and it came true. I uh, imagine if anybody could write something today that would come true 700 years from now, that would be miraculous. And many, many, hundreds of things were written about Jesus hundreds of years before his birth, about his life, his birth, his death, his, his, his uh, crucifixion. It's all there, and it all came true. Uh, this uh, passage from Isaiah 9, very classic, he says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Everlasting. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Will perform this. God promises and God performs. He says it and he does it. He's a man of his word. 
Amen? His word is true. His word is something we can believe in, and it can transform us. His proven faithfulness. Faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. All of these are gifts that God has for us. And his faithfulness can be our faithfulness to him and to living according to his word. God's word is timeless. It's all fitting together, past, present, and future. I want to look at Matthew chapter 1 again. And there's a key verse in there. I don't want to uh, tell the Christmas story, so we're going to just look past the, the genealogy we mentioned in, Mar- in Matthew chapter 1. Uh, the Christmas story is, is there, his birth, uh, where he's foretelling to Mary. We're going to save that for Pastor Sherwood to come and, and season up the Christmas uh, season with uh, these stories over the next few weeks. But just focusing back on the promises of God, the prophecies that were fulfilled, um, that foretold his birth primarily and, and his whole life. So he says uh, here in Matthew chapter 1, so the, the key verse is, so all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. All this was done so that it might be fulfilled. All this was done so that we could see God's word over hundreds of years was proven true. And God's word forever, we know, because of that, will be proven true as well. And that all of his promises are here for us, that we can trust in them. So, this helps us to believe. This helps our faith. The prophetic predictions coming true. And if you, you want a little more proof of that, you can look at uh, Psalm 22, which talks in great detail about uh, the life and death of Jesus. Psalm, I'm sorry, Isaiah 53 is another one. If you want a little homework, talk about prophecy. These are, these are descriptions of, of the life and, and death of Jesus that are... Uh, unquestionable, hundreds of years before, how he fulfilled and he, every detail of them from how he died and, and so many other uh, predictions. But this Christmas story, just know that it was foretold and that we can trust in the Lord and we can trust in God's word. And in Matthew chapter 2, there are some wise guys, wise men from the east who knew that. They studied prophecy. They knew that he was foretold. They knew that he was coming, and they went to go seek him. So in Matthew chapter 2, it talks about uh, these men, and I'm going to read you uh, about 10 verses, uh, verse 1 to uh, 11 in Matthew, if you want to follow along there. They saw the signs and searched for him. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men, not kings, wise men, from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. They not only knew he was to come, but they knew he was worthy of their worship. 
Now when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, in Bethlehem. It's written many centuries ago. It's told right here, and this is going to happen. For thus it is written by the prophet. But you, Bethlehem, this is from the book of Micah, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. The Messiah is predicted. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. This miraculous star appeared. So in addition to prophecy, there's this miraculous miracle. Can I say that in the same sentence? Miraculous miracle. There's something supernatural happening that is also lends to our faith, helps our faith, strengthens our faith. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring word to me that I may come and worship him also. Not true. He wants to kill him. And he tries. So this is the enemy. This is the destroyer who seeks to destroy the work of God. He's working for him. But these wise men knew. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And I don't know what to describe this phenomenon as, but these guys were seeing it all the way in their country, and they saw it all the way to his doorstep. And it led them. And they knew it, and it was prophesied, and they saw the signs, and they sought to worship God and believe. So when they saw saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Boy, rejoicing with joy. That's super joy there, right? That's what we want. They saw the star. Everything's happening, and it's all coming, you know, hundreds of years of prophecy, and they rejoiced with great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. It all came to pass. Their prophecies were fulfilled and they got to see it and they got to live it. And that's available for us too. We can fall down and worship the Lord. We can find him. We can be led by him. We can know his word and know and, and our faith can be strengthened. And the miracles, the miraculous that was performed by the Lord also can strengthen our faith, not to mention his rising again from the dead to let us know that there is life after this life. So they fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So they worshiped and they gave and they loved him and they returned some of those gifts that he gave to them. So, in Matthew chapter 3, I'm going to start to round things out here with these last couple chapters in uh, Matthew, Matthew Matthew 3 and 4. We're just going to touch on a couple things. But the prophecies are fulfilled. He has come. God with us. Noel. And in Matthew chapter 3, verse 1, as Jesus is grown, the next phase, the beginning of his ministry, beyond the Christmas story here. We have to just push out a little into his life. There's more prophecy. 
And this is about John the Baptist. Chapter 3, verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So John the Baptist's life was prophesied and predicted that he would make a way, he would introduce, if you would, the Lord's, and, and, uh, the Lord's ministry to come. And, and he's going to baptize Jesus. And in verse 13 of chapter 3, he says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus came to fulfill all of God's righteousness. His rescue plan prophesied the miraculous. It's all there. Jesus came to fulfill all of the needs of humanity for redemption and salvation through faith in him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. God is establishing Jesus. This is the beginning of his, his earthly ministry. Holy Spirit descending on him. God speaking audibly to the people around. This is the miraculous. This is the Messiah. This is the one to be believed in, to be sought after, to be worshipped, to follow the signs, to be led by him. And he is waiting for all of us. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Comes at Christmas with an opportunity to renew our faith, to begin a faith in him. This is Jesus' work to rescue us, to save us, to not condemn us. So John, in his ministry, let's see where that is. In verse 1 of Matthew, it talks about John. And, and one of the first messages he had, in the, where it says in verse 1, it says, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and baptizing as well but his message was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and as we wrap up today i just want to talk about that word repentance so in matthew chapter 4 we look at jesus when he took over for john the baptist it says in chapter 4, verse 12. I'll read, I'll read the whole thing for you just before this passage. He says, Now when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, again, that the prediction might come true, that we can believe the land of Zebulun, this is the, the prophecy from Isaiah, and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light was dawned. Light has come into the world. 
the light of Christmas, Jesus has come into the world to save and fulfill these prophecies. From that time, John the Baptist is in prison. He's going to die soon. His message was repent for the kingdom of God is near. That was John the Baptist. And in verse 17, Jesus echoes that same call. He says, from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. God with us, all fulfilled. We live in a time where we get to see all this. We have God's word. We know the story. We know the signs. We know the prophecy. We've seen the miraculous. We know the gifts he has for us, the gifts we so desperately need, are waiting for us to be opened. And he simply says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And it says elsewhere in the Bible that it's his kindness. That leads us to repentance. The love of God, the transforming love of God that he wants to implant in our hearts is that kindness, that goodness, that gentleness, that faithfulness, the fruits of the Spirit, all waiting for us. So today, as we think about repentance, and I'm going to ask our our worship team if they are in the building to come join us. I know they are, even though they're serving all over campus sometimes. Repentance. A lot of folks think that faith in God is about not doing this and not doing that and earning our way to heaven. So whether you know the Lord today or whether you don't, we all need to know these things and to be able to share it and to be able to to live it and accept it. Repentance is is turning. The The best word for it is turning. It's turning from our sins and turning towards God. It's, not, it's more than regret. It's more than a sadness about our problems and our position and our frustrations and our sadness and our pains and our struggles. It's more than that. It's a change of mind or attitude towards them. It's to see our sin as God sees it. So all of us, can reflect on our lives, as our friend Ebenezer did, and look at our lives and see, is there something, Lord, that I can turn from? And not only that, is there something more that I can turn to? God says, yes, I want to take this scraps away from you to follow me, but fill, put both hands out because I'm going to overflow your life in, in such richness and such fullness and so much money and so much health and so much perfection and perfect this. No, perfect peace in the middle of the storm. I will be with you in all these things and you will have my presence and my help and embrace the significance and the many thoughts he has towards us each day. We can awaken with those. And it's been said that, I think I've overused this statement, but healthy things grow and growing things change. If we want to be healthy this Christmas and receive all the gifts that he has, we need to be willing to change. We need to be willing to repent and turn and and to get more of God and less of this world, to put it behind us and to press on towards the goal of Christ Jesus and living conformed to him and transformed from this world. Um, I think... I have a scripture to pray with you. But just know that this transformational change is only by faith. 
That's not something we can work our way into. We just need to surrender. If you want to have victory, you want to win the fight, God's a God of opposites. He says, give up. That's how you win. Surrender to me. I'll fight the fight. I'll come into your life. I'll transform you. I'll change you. Create that change that you can't do. The sins, the trials, the issues of this life, I will, I will overcome. So that's kind of a heavy message. Repentance is a heavy word. But it's something important for all of us to see our lives the way he sees them and, and to ask him into our lives if we don't have him today. To repent and turn from this world to him and know that there's joy in this message. Don't forget that smiling little green guy. That's who we want to be. That transformed old man whose whole mind, all of his thoughts, his emotions, his, even his physical life, he was renewed with vigor and everything changed. And, and that's waiting for us. So if you'll take a moment to pray, then we will finish with our last Christmas song. Such a privilege to sing to the Lord. I have a scripture for us. Heavenly Father, we ask that with all the gifts you give us, that we would return a gift to you. And it would be a gift of repentance. And you said in the book of Acts, chapter 2, 38, this is Peter speaking. Someone who's good at repentance is Peter. And Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And Lord, then you gave again. When we give you our repentance, you give even more. He said, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for sending your spirit. Thank you for him living within us, transforming us, giving the fruits of love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, and self-control. And so much more in your rescue plan of salvation. Lord, we just want to praise you this day. We ask that this Christmas season we would all receive the gifts you have and that we would give the gift of repentance to you and turn from this world and turn to you. We ask in the name of Jesus. Can we all say amen? Amen. amen? amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Quest Church San Diego Sermon Podcast. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you have any questions about the Bible, need prayer, or recently made a commitment to follow Jesus, we'd love to hear from you. Please visit questsd.com to get connected. You can also send us an email at info at questsd.com to let us know how God is using these messages to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Until next time, we pray you have a blessed week.